everyone, and happy Monday yet again. Welcome to My Cancer Story Podcast. My name is Jess. I am your host, and today we are going to meet Stacy Bellinger. She's an ovarian cancer survivor, and she has an amazing story to share with you today, and um, you will learn a little bit more about stem cells as treatment, as well as um, how she had a new relationship with herself after her cancer journey. So please enjoy the story and stick around afterwards uh, for a few announcements. Stacy, thank you for being here. I, I I appreciate you reaching out to me and um, wanting to tell your, your cancer story to the listeners out there. Um, Stacy found me on Instagram and uh, we just kind of chatted back and forth and we're able to schedule um, a time for you to tell your story. You were diagnosed um, with ovarian cancer at the age of 39. Is that correct? 38. 38. 38. Mm -hmm. March, 2018 um, at 38 years old. March, 2018. So uh, you you gave me a little bit of a rundown in the message and how it was uh, rare for um, the type of diagnosis uh, with ovarian cancer um, that you're diagnosed with. It was typically more for for a younger population, younger females. Um, let's just kind of just, I'll, I'll have you go ahead and, and kind of try to tell your story and we'll, I'll interject with questions here and there, but uh, yeah, I'll just kind of have you, you, you go um, from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, kind of leading up to um, discovering um, my, um, we called it the bump um, in our home. Um, I was a very healthy, pretty normal, like, you know, physical health, mental health, you know, everything was just pretty um, easygoing. Um, no, nothing to kind of no family history of ovarian cancer. Um, and in March of 2018, um, well, you know what, I'll, I'll back up a little bit just to kind of um, say that um, I have I have a wonderful um, OB gynecologist. He um, was um, my provider through both of my children who are now eight and five. And um, he, part of his preventative care are um, doing ultrasounds. So I had, before I um, got pregnant with my first son, we did an ultrasound just to make sure everything was good. And then um, um, had my second son and after him, um, which my second son was born in 2015, um, New Year's Eve. And so that following year, um, like that December, he said, um, hey, let's, um, you haven't had one in a while, you know, let's just do an ultrasound, mm -hmm. completely fine. So this would have been December, 2017. And, um, showed nothing. So then March, 2018, I'm working out, I'm exercising and, um, on the floor in my living room doing setups. And I feel the strange kind of like pop sensation. And I'm like, Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, kind of going through my day, not really thinking about it kind of felt a bump, but what was strange is that, um, the way it felt, it had me thinking like, 
huh, my period's been late, but just like a couple days, like nothing, had no other issues. Um, oh my gosh, is this us like having a third baby? So that was like my initial thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the next morning I woke up and, you know, told my husband like, okay, this is kind of weird, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Woke up the next morning and I'd been sleeping on my side and the lump was on the side I was sleeping on. So I was like, okay, this is really strange. Um, and pregnancy test was negative. So I called my doctor's office, um, on my way into work and was like, Hey, this is kind of weird. Like talk to the nurse who I know, um, from being in there. And, uh, it's a small office and she's like, well, you, I mean, you could wait, maybe see, you know, if your period comes or, you know, like, you know, whatever, whatever you think, like, if you want to wait, like, you know, go ahead, but we can also, you know, squeeze you in. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'll wait. Driving into work still, I call my sister, I tell her, and she's like, you're never going to be able to work today. Like, this is going to be on your mind. Like, why don't you just call back, see what's going on? Um, So I did, and I got in, um, you know, went to work, did like, you know, a few hours of of work (laughs) in the morning, and then... um, And then went into my doctor's office and, um, you know, typical kind of, unfortunately for him, like, you know, you sit there for a while waiting, but once he gets in, he's just this lovely human being. And he was just like, so reassuring. He's like, I don't think this is anything. Let's do an ultrasound. Um, let's do a CA-125. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, um, you know, it's just, it's just the screening for ovarian cancer. Not that I think you have cancer. I mean, he was just so, he was just trying to be very reassuring. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, okay, we did a pregnancy test. He's like, you know, you're, you're not pregnant. Um, and when they, when he did the ultrasound, he's like, you know, I'm seeing something and he's like, I'm, I'm not the ultrasound tech, um, I'm thinking maybe fibroids, you know, kind of like going along that line. He's like, why don't you come back tomorrow? Um, and my ultrasound tech will be here and, and she'll be able to, you know, she'll be able to identify more like kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, um, went back the next day, did the ultrasound with her. And, um, at that point it was, um, uh, assist. They were calling it, you know, a, a I think at that point it was, you know, 13 centimeter cyst. So a large, I mean, it yeah, was, like you know, like a grapefruit size. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, ah, that's what I was feeling. So yeah. this is interesting. So then my doctor's still like, you know, Stacey, like, um, cysts are pretty common. Yes. This is kind of large, like you're, you know, more for like being comfortable, you're, you're going to want it removed, but like, I'm still, I'm not concerned. My CA 125 came back and I couldn't even tell you the number today. It wasn't anything that was alarming. So it was like nothing that like made me or anyone else kind of go, okay. So my doctor said, okay, this is what, you know, here's what I'm thinking. Um, come back tomorrow. We'll do uh, a biopsy, Um, he got his nurse to schedule me like a stat CT scan for Thursday and then had, had called his, um, the gynecological oncologist that he refers a lot of people to. He's like, I want you to see him to see if he wants to do the surgery or if he wants, if I can just do it. 
Um, so it was all pretty quickly, which was good. I mean, yeah. now we know like how important it was that it was five days, you know, like five days of just getting it all over with, um, which was, which is, you know, I look back and just think, holy moly, I can't imagine just having like hearing some stories of people waiting two weeks and a month and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, we went, we went through all the motions and then saw on Friday, this, um, the oncologist who was like, yeah, you know, the CT scan is, is showing some things. And, um, we had talked about, he asked like, you know, just about our family. And, you know, I kept saying like, we're done having children at this point, you know, mm-hmm. we have two healthy boys. We're good. I'm 38. Um, and he asked it a few times, you know, cause he's like, okay, if we go in there, um, you know, and he talked about a hysterectomy and kind of all of these things. And, you know, to be completely honest, my brain was on, I want to get this over with. I want you to remove this tumor, do whatever you have to do. Cause I want to move on. Like, mm. I want to be done with this cancer was like chemotherapy, any of that was never in my brain. I don't know if it was in my husband's brain. We were just like, okay, what do we need to do? So the doctor is saying, okay, yeah, we, we, you know, we need to remove this. Um, everyone was just super chill about it. Like, I mean, it was just <laughs> like, you know, and he's like, I mean, you could wait six months if uh. you wanted to. He's like, I'm not recommending that, but like you could. Um, And so he said, you know, I'm like, well, we have this trip to Florida planned. And he's like, I have some vacation time. So we like kind of rearranged, you know, like did it on our schedules, Mm. um, which would have been like a month from when everything started. So it was like the middle of March and I had my surgery. So I ended up having the, um, the tumor removal and I ended up having the, the hysterectomy a month later. So it was like a month and a few days. Um, but no issues with surgery. I mean, he kind of came back like still like everyone's super mellow, you know, just yeah. like, uh, it was just That's like when bizarre. I, when I think about this, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people just, I think it was my age too. So it was like, mm. you're a 38 year old woman, you're healthy. You don't have a family history. I mean, both of the doctors were kind of saying this, like, I don't think this is ovarian cancer. I just think this it's the cyst, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we just need to remove. So, um, I, um, do the surgery, um, and, um, come like the next morning. So it ended up being laparoscopic. So, which I kind of pushed for and and the gynecologist was completely fine with, he was like, yep, I support this. Well, in doing that, the tumor ruptured. And so when he came back in to tell me, um, you know, the next morning, he comes in and my husband hadn't come yet. Um, and he's telling me like, okay, this is what I think it is. Like, you know, you, you'll do a few rounds of chemotherapy. He's like, the tumor did, um, rupture. So he's like, we did like, um, an abdominal washing. We got everything. So like now it's just kind of like preventative just to make sure we, we got everything. And like, you know, there it's, it hasn't spread and, um, we will follow up with some chemo. So that was like the first moment where I was like, Oh God, this is bigger than me. Just like, you know, having a cyst removed from my ovary. Um, and, uh, 
you know, cut discharged, you know, was, was healing really well. I like, you know, just got up, got a, you know, was able to be moving well. Um, you know, I have two young boys at home They're you know, they're five and two and my parents came and stayed with us and like helped yeah. us, um, after the surgery, but it was also laparoscopic. So like mm-hmm. easy to recover from, um, went back to work and then finally had my follow-up, um, in, um, the beginning of May for, um, you know, this like after surgery. Okay. And, um, we get in there and my list of questions were, when can I exercise again? You know, like these just now looking like superficial things. Right. (laughs) And we're in there. And of course I'm like a little nervous, but like, you know, like you're in a doctor's office and, he comes in and I'm telling you, this was like a completely different doctor than the doctor we saw um, when we first came in. He was like, oh, did you, did you read the um, pathology report? And I was like, no, that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, so it's not what we thought it was. And I took it to the tumor board and um I can't even remember what else he said at that point. You know, it's just like, you know, you're like, like this. Whoa. And all of a sudden it's like this big old black cloud. Yeah. That you're hearing this information, but you're not hearing the information. And I'm I'm hearing like, you know, one of the doctors on the tumor board has ever treated this. Um we could go. I mean, he was talking about like options for us for chemo. Like it, it, there, it was just so kind of all over the place. Um, he handed me this like big stack of paperwork and kind of ended with like, you know, I don't encourage you to Google this. And so, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I'm okay. <laughs> that means yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to do it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my husband and I both came from work, so we drove separately. Oh, God. And so I just, I'm, I've got my packet of information and, and this is what I remember. I remember just like walking out into the waiting room and like, nobody's there and I just like sit down and start reading through this stuff. Um, and again, nothing I can remember. And and my husband, Joe, is kind of looking at me like, we're, we're going to do this right here. And I was just like, you know, yeah, just like looking through, like <laughs> something's going to, something's going to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get in my car and of course I Google and then I don't, I remember, I mean, I called my mom. I don't know how I got home. I'm not even sure like that day. I just don't even remember any of it. But what I do remember is that night after the kids had, our kids were not there at that point. Like they, my husband went to pick them up. And I remember after the kids had gone to bed um, and we obviously had just gone through the motions of everything and we're sitting on the couch and it was like the first and only time that I cried and thought, I'm going to die from this, like Mm. 2% survival rate. Like, I mean, just the numbers are so, so, so small. Um, And it was, you know, small cell ovarian, you know, small cell carcinoma of the Mm -hmm. ovaries, Mm -hmm. hypercalcemic type. And, and that's when I just, you know, like Joe and I are just sitting there like, and it was kind of at that moment that I, um, I let it go and decided that, Um, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what anything said. Um, we would find our way through this. Um, and my husband is the, 
he's the fixer of things. And while I kind of sat for a while, for a couple of days, kind of like, okay, we're just going to do this. We're going to do the chemo. He was doing his own research. And so he um, got me into a cancer center to do like a second opinion. Like he had a, you know, contact through work was like, you know, so, so lovely and like helped us get in like that same, you know, a couple of days later. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I finally got on board with like, okay, I got to do something and started researching and and doing all these things. Um, And we ended up after a second opinion. And then I found um, through another survivor of the same cancer, I found um, Cincinnati Children's Hospital, um, which is four hours from us where we are in Metro Detroit. Mm -hmm. And I emailed the doctor there. He was on our list. So there's the small cell ovarian cancer foundation, um, and Ron and Marin Peterson, who are the founders after their daughter died, have created this amazing foundation that, um, my husband reached out to, and she was like, we have these doctors who are, you know, well-informed and like doing their best to like, you know, do research and, and, you know, through this foundation, we found, um, a survivor and mm-hmm. who was in her thirties as well. Cause the average age is 23, 24 years of age. Yeah. So, um, I did not consider this children's hospital because I am an almost a 40 year old woman. And I'm like, who, you know, I'm why would I go to a children's <laughs> hospital? Um, and she said, he treats women up to 40. They have a young adult program, you know, and so gave us all this wonderful information and I emailed Dr. Pressey, I emailed him at 730 in the morning and um, he, by nine o'clock, we were talking on the phone. He responded right away and he wow. was like, can That's I call you or can you call me? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Um, and he's like, when, when can you come? Like, this is not something you want to wait around for. You know, I gave him kind of details in my email um, and um <clears throat> the end of May, I started treatment. Like it was, it all just happened so fast. Like we went to Cincinnati. Um, I got to meet the team and, and part, and part of the treatment was, um, it's really aggressive, six drug, six cycle chemotherapy, and then a stem cell transplant. And so, which is not common or really for ovarian cancer, usually blood cancers. Yeah. And so what they've, what they figured out is that um, because this type of cancer is so aggressive, you have to be very aggressive in treating it. And so what happens and why it's, um, you know, prognosis hasn't been so good is because they're treating it like ovarian cancer, but it is nothing like ovarian cancer. Yes, it's found late and yes, it's in the ovary, but just the, the way that it presents is, um, much more aggressive, um, faster moving, you know, like you hear some women with ovarian cancer, it's like, Oh, I, you know, sat with these symptoms for months. Whereas, you know, I went from nothing in December to having, you know, a grapefruit size tumor on my Mm -hmm. ovary in March. So it's just really, really fast. Um, and you know, I, so here we are getting me deciding on treatment four hours away, my oldest is five and finishing up preschool and my youngest is a baby. He's two. And we, I still 
do not even remember how it all happened, but here we were like, everything just kind of fell together. We had, um, my in-laws, my, you know, Joe's parents who they were kind of like team Jacob and Luke. And then my family was a team Stacy. So like, we just had this like system that worked where Joe and I would go down to Cincinnati. Um, the treatment was inpatient. I was there for four days and then we'd get back in the car, come back home. My family would be here to like help me through that first week. That was just hell. Um, and help, you know, take care of the boys and do all the things that you need to do to survive, (laughs) you know, like make your household run. Um, And, um, and my wonderful in-laws just made sure that my, that the boys, you know, that their schedules didn't change. You know, they were the ones that were picking them up from daycare and preschool and like just doing all the things that, you know, made the, um, the engine run. And so, um, we, um, so for, for six months, so it was from, from May and then, um, in August. So after my fourth treatment, after my fourth, after the fourth cycle, um, part of, um, part of the treatment is an exploratory surgery. So the team at Cincinnati, they're like, this is what we do. We just want to make sure that the chemotherapy is working. Um, and then we might have some other options if we need to. And so in August, I was, um, set to, to have another surgery. So, you know, just kind of going back to like someone who's, I've never broken a leg. I've never, I mean, just like nothing physical, have I ever had to deal with at birth two children? And now I am going in for what would be now my third surgery. It's like, you know, the surgery from the removal, then the port, you know, yeah. placement. And now this, this big time surgery, which, um, this one wouldn't be laparoscopic. So this one would be like a full abdominal okay. and she, um, she went in and there were, um, 47 nodules that she removed all benign, but after further testing, some of them had been. So, so kind of like looking back at like that abdominal washing that they did in that Mm -hmm. first surgery, um, had I waited, had I done, you know, there's always just kind of that, Oh my gosh, like what if I had decided a different path for myself? Um, and so those were all removed. And at that point I was declared, um, no evidence of disease, mm-hmm. um, still had two more cycles to go. Um, and, and this one, this one between four and five, it was kind of like had cycle four, as soon as my numbers started to increase, went in for surgery, um, just starting to recover from surgery, hopped back into like cycle five. So it was just a lot. And so what was really hard, um, during that time was, um, Jacob, who's my oldest had finally caught on to the schedule and the routine. So this is what he, this is how he could describe it in his five-year-old way of like, okay, my mom goes, my mom and dad go to Cincinnati. They come back. My mom's really sick for a week and can't get out of bed and can't do anything and Nana and, you know, aunt and uncle and, you know, all these, Mm -hmm. these people come and they help us. 
Um, and then my mom feels better and we get kind of old mom back and she can play and do all these things. And then everybody leaves our house because she doesn't need them anymore. Um, and then she goes to Cincinnati and it, you know, and we do it all over again. And so what had happened during that time was we didn't have our good days. So that time period, like between four and six was so, so tough. And the way chemo works is with each cycle, it just gets harder. And so it's taking your body like a day or two longer to recover. I'm, you know, going in for fluids and, you know, potassium and magnesium and blood and platelets, you know, it's just kind of this revolving door. Mm -hmm. Um, after, you know, like probably the, it was like right around the fourth cycle when it just started, everything started to kind of increase in me needing more things. And so that was just a really, really challenging time for us in our home. Um, even with all of the support we had and all the lovely people that stepped in and just helped us and were so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of a time that I really, um, I, w- I really wonder about like in their development and in like their, their memory. Um, because, you know, Jacob certainly has like a verbal memory of it, but Lucas, who was two, um, he, he, you know, he doesn't have a verbal memory. Um, so, so I have to wonder like what, you know, what parts will he remember, mm-hmm. um, of all of that. And then, um, so we got through, we got through all of that and went in, you know, cycle five, cycle six, mm-hmm. and then had the regular three weeks um, in between and then had an extra week off, which was so, so lovely before I went for stem cell transplant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like that extra week that we just, you know, summertime, it was, you know, it was September and it was like a summery here. Yeah. Um, and we got to just be outside more and do all the fun things. And, um, and then I went in on um, September 23rd of 2018 and was hospitalized for four weeks, um, wow. four weeks exactly um, for a stem cell transplant. And it, um, they want to make sure um, that it, um, like it takes or like, I- yeah. So it's a pretty um, intensive process. What happens mm-hmm. is um, for eight days, you're getting some really intense chemotherapy. So it's, okay. it's, um, I would go in, I went in um, inpatient. Um, and for eight days, um, was, so it's, it's seven days of, of therapies and then, and chemo protectants and kind of all of these things. Um, and then on that eighth day is when I got my stem cell, uh, stem cells back. So in between cycle one and two of chemotherapy, um, they harvested my stem cells. So before treatments got really, really hard, I had to go in, sit for four hours. They um, harvested my stem cells and those sat in a freezer, you know, sat in its place, sat waiting for me. (laughs) And then in September, so kind of like went through chemotherapy. And then this is kind of like, this is like the last big, like we're going to kill off anything possible that could be in your body. And then we're going to um, give you brand new baby cells to like restart. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my Joe was with me, my husband was with me for the first part of it. Um, 
And then, so he, he was the, he was the multitasker. So he was like, as much as we had these teams of people, Mm -hmm. he was back and forth between both, you know, like he really was like, you know, working at the hospital, you know, like get his little laptop out and like (laughs) do all of his little things. Um, and, um, and, and being a parent and, and just kind of doing all of everything that everybody needed. You know, I kind of joked in my caring bridge journal, like he was, he was the holder of it all. Like he was the holder of, of like all the bad things, all the good things. And mm-hmm. all you know, just like tagged along with me holding my bags and like, you know, I mean, just like, <laughs> you know, it was just like such a, such a, um, such like a shadow, you know, like yeah. a, such a good shadow to have, yeah. you know, he just was kind of there picking there. up all the pieces yeah. and, um, and he, um, so he was there for the first part. And then, um, my sister came, um, and stayed with me, um, from just, so she came like just before I got my stem cells. So she was there the day that I got my stem cells, okay. which is just a total, like, you know, it sounds like it's a big deal, but it's like, you know, they hook it up to your IV and it looks like, you know, just like you would be getting blood or another chemotherapy, you know, it's like super simple. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, she was there for that. And then what else she was also there for all the bad parts. So as Mm -hmm. you know, all the chemos that you got from those previous eight days, they just take everything out. So this is like, you know, when they were trying to like prepare you for it, um, you know, the nurses are talking to you about like each drug and like what they're going to do. And so she's like, well, you know, they're going through it. Um, and it's like, well, you, when you take this drug, um, we're going to like elevate your feet because your blood pressure really drops. And, you know, so you'll just kind of lay there, but then you'll also be really sick. So you might, you know, start vomiting right away. I mean, it just sounds like a horror horror story when they're trying, they're trying to help you prepare, but it also yeah. is just like, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, you know, and, and, and then also like, and we're going to have all of these things to help you. We're going to have all these drugs to like take away the pain. Cause you're going to have incredible mouth sores and take away, you know, anything that you would ever need. And, and to be honest, those really, really tough days, I don't remember a single thing. I don't, I mean, I, it, whether it, for whatever reason, whether it was the medication that was helping me, whether it was the medication that, you know, was like preparing me for the stem cell transplant, I, I have no idea. But, um, when my sister or Joe talks about, um, kind of their experience, um, I don't remember, you know, because it's, it's, it wasn't me, you know, I, things were happening, you know, I didn't know where I was. I just had such a reaction to things. Um, so it was really, really scary for them, um, to kind of see me go through this and kind of see the worst of the worst. Um, and me just be kind of beaten down and tired. And, um, I had a reaction to the, one of the chemotherapies and my skin was bright red. I looked like a tomato, um, and was itchy, you know, just all of these like horrific things. And, one thing we always kind of went back to um, when we kind of talked about this treatment and kind of the road ahead when it was first introduced to us is, you know, we want to, 
we want to kill the cancer, but we also want to preserve your quality of life. And so that was really important because, and they were constantly monitoring my lungs, my heart, my kidneys, you know, just making sure that um, if they had to back off on anything, and this was even the, the six drug chemotherapy. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty intense um, six months. It was definitely uh, yeah. an intense six months. And um, yeah, and then um, in at the end of October, on October 23rd, I my numbers were high enough and everything was where it needed to be for me to go home. Um, that was kind of the, you know, like, just get me out of here. I need to be with my children. It's been four long weeks. I want to be home healing, um, recovering. And so um, typically what happens is um, after you're discharged from stem cell transplant, you have multiple follow-ups with your stem cell transplant team. And so I um, was able to find someone here locally that I could do that with. And I ended up seeing her twice, you know, like I did all the blood draws and everything looked normal um, and just continued to be that way. And so I never had to go, you know, sometimes people need extra things and lucky for me, I didn't have to, I just was also really extra cautious. I mean, we followed every single guideline, you know, I, I even asked her, um, you know, Cincinnati was like, okay, there's like no vacuuming and no, you know, no touching raw meat and like, you know, all these kind of just, you know, things you would not even think of. Um, and, you know, here I have a two-year-old who needs a diaper change and I have young children who need baths and me helping them. Mm -hmm. And um, none of those things, you know, she was like, you, you cannot, you know, my, my Cincinnati team was like, no. So I'm like, I'm going to ask this doctor, see if she says the same thing. <laughs> and she, and, you know, and I told her, I was like, so like, what do you think about me? You know, like giving my children a bath. And she's like, no, she's like, I, you know, let your helpers help you right now. She's like, you'll be able to do it again someday. Like just, you know, give yourself time, make sure you're healing. Um, and, um, that was, um, the end of 2018 and mm -hmm. kind of the big, the big, ta-da in the stem cell world is your 100 days. Cause it's kind of like after a hundred days after stem cells transplant, you, um, you're kind of good. Like, you know, wow. you can just go live your life. And, you know, this is kind of this idea that they have, like, just go, you know, you can go to the grocery store and all these things you're like forbidden to do. And then all of a sudden on day 100, it's like, you can go do all these that. things. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is so exciting. And I had a countdown on our calendar oh, yeah. and, you know, we, it was, it was a big deal. Mm. Um, and, you know, lucky for me, I didn't, I didn't have any issues and, um, could, could kind of go through that process, um, without, extensive issues, you know, oh, yeah. um, and just kind of healing really, you know, being patient and healing myself and healing our family, you know, just yeah. being, having them see, um, that I'm, I was okay. And, um, you know, was going to be okay. And we've kind of like, we kind of gotten through this, this big part of, um, this really scary experience. Yeah. I, I imagine it was not only very tough on you, um, but like for the caretakers, for the rest of your family, for mm -hmm. them to see you go through all of that had been really tough and for you not to be yourself for the X amount of time and mm -hmm. looking forward to being back to you. And um, mm -hmm. I think, I think 
it's it's so important to have such a a, a solid um, support system. And, and it sounds like you you have a great support system between your husband, your in-laws, your parents, and your kids. You know, kids are yeah. they they understand when stuff's going on. Like you're saying, your your mm-hmm. eldest understood. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so important to have that that base, that you know, that group, mm-hmm. that person, whatever it is to help Mm -hmm. hold you up. You know, you're talking about your husband being the holder. (laughs) Yes. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, going back to like all the rules after stem cell, why were there so many rules? Do they just not want you to like overtax yourself or like doing Um, tasks hurt you? So it's about your immune system. So they take your immune system and they could completely wipe it out. So that's like, you are starting from zero. This is, I don't know if you've like talked to many people who've done stem cell transplant, but you know, you have your, your first birthday and like people sell it. You have another birthday because you are starting your body as a newborn baby. And so just as much as you wouldn't take your newborn out, like you just have to really be really careful. Um, and on top of it, you're on, um, all sorts of antibiotics, right. To like, make sure to protect you, um, because any minor thing could just, you know, be pretty terrible. Okay. Mm -hmm. I had, I had no idea. I knew nothing of, of the stem cell um, process um, yeah. for cancer treatment. And I, it's super interesting. Before this, neither had I. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're an expert. <laughs> yeah. So um, with the, the, the family dynamic, um, have, how has it been post-recovery um, getting back to you guys and, and almost like reestablishing your relationships, whether it's, you know, you and your husband, you and your kids, or you with your parents and in-laws as well. How, how has that been? So lots of therapy for myself um, is is, is very important. Absolutely. So I, um, part of my treatment team was um, a therapist as part of the team. And I Um, was with her for a while and then decided like, I need something more at home. Um, And then ended up finding a new therapist. Um, Probably, gosh, um, it's been, it's probably been a year um, that I've had this new therapist and um, really, really focusing on those things. Like what is, what are things like now? Like what do I need to communicate? What's, what's coming up for me? Um, and, you know, I think like my relationship with my husband is, is, is so different and I don't know how you could go any through anything like this and not have yeah. some sort of change. Um, and as much as I have my own PTSD about things that happened, he also does, you know, like he absolutely, um, has his, his own experience and my sister and my mom and, you know, just all of the people around us have had. And so I felt like I needed to, um, because they had taken care of me, I needed Mm -hmm. to take care of me in this other way of like with a therapist, with somebody else, Mm -hmm. um, helping me through this. Um, and I think one of, you know, of course it's after your body changes so much, there's so much that changes in the relationship in general, you know, it's just, especially 
you know, all of my scarring and, and all of the body changes that I went through, I lost a ton of weight, um, a scary amount of weight, and then just slowly getting that back, gaining muscle back, you know, just your, your body goes through such quick changes in such a small amount of time, both in the treatment process and in the healing. Um, and so I think, you know, starting, starting with me, like discovering a new relationship with me. Um, and that's where I kind of had to start is what, how I felt about myself, how I felt about my body, how I felt about my experience, you know, like holding a ton of guilt, um, for, you know, this was me and how my health impacted my husband, my children, all the people I love. I mean, I think that was a big part. And so, you know, Joe and I just have to talk about it all, you know, it just has to be, it's just something that we, we just find ourselves kind of coming back around and talking about maybe something, some kind of experience or, you know, something that neither one of us knew at the time. Mm. Um, and so I think just being really good at communicating uh, our needs and that has been something really, really, we've just, I mean, all of us have been able to identify, um, what we're feeling, like just really working through those pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, even with my children, like being able to help them, um, you know, kind of understand what that was, you know, when, during treatment, we never used the word cancer. Um, I always just felt like, you know, Jacob, um, Jacob was in school. And I just, I mean, I, I think I just pictured the worst in my head, like, Oh, what if he uses that word? And then a kid says, Oh, my grandma had cancer and she died. You know, just something like, I just had this, like, I just had these crazy thoughts of, you know, like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to like, so we just continued to call it the bump. And now we weave in the word cancer. I mean, now we kind of talk about it as the bump and this is what it was. And, you know, when we talk about other people, we use that word and say like, oh, you know, remember when mommy had that bump and this is what it's called. And like, you know, just kind of helped connect the dots a little bit for them. Um, And I think if anything, um, we are our pace is much slower. We Mm. recognize, um, the importance of being together, um, the importance of communicating, you know, I think that's like the biggest piece that we've come is like come from all of this is, um, and I, and, and what I also really take away from this, um, in, in, I love that we were able to show our children that you don't have to do things alone, you know, like you can have this family and we have this, you know, beautiful family of four and we're so good and solid, but we have this entire circle around us and that, that some people we reached out to, and some people reached out to us during that time. Um, and just really showing our children that, as much as there's bad things that happen in the world and all these, you know, these kind of scary stories, like there's, there's so much good. Mm -hmm. Um, and people are willing to help even when they don't know you. I mean, that was like the biggest, that was like our aha moment. Like we, I mean, I know people are good and I knew people were good. That's, you know, that was never 
Um, we have great friends and great family, but to be able to just sit back. And I remember my friend saying to me, um, Stacey, people just want to help. Like they don't, they don't, they want to help. Like they, mm-hmm. they to read your story and they see this and they know you, or they don't know you. And this just makes them feel like they can help. And so, um, we ended up saying yes to a lot of things, a lot of things that normally I would have been like, no, we're fine. Don't worry. You know, we've got this, but we said yes to a lot of things. Um, and it felt good, you know, it felt good that, um, and now I come from a place of like, you know what, if someone wants to help us, I'm saying yes. Like this is some, this is something they want to do. Um, I'll say yes to anything. <laughs> if you want to help me, yes, you can help me. <laughs> well, that's incredible that, that sense of community and, and people showing up and stepping up, like you mm-hmm. said, if whether or not you really even knew them, I think that speaks volumes about mm-hmm. who these people are, as well as speaks volumes about you and your family that they, yeah. they wanted to help and they wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. So I think that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We had some great people for sure. Good. That's fantastic. With, um, with all, uh, you know, everything after cancer and, um, the whole process that you had gone through, just trying to survive and, and, you know, getting yourself back and getting relationships back. What do you think, um, in in your opinion, what good has come from this whole process? I don't know if it's the, the people showing up or saying yes, but um, <laughs> what, I guess, what's the silver lining from the process from beginning to end, the, the whole cancer process? You know, I think for, for us, um, it was like hitting a pause button, like, okay. and of course there was so much happening in that pause button, right? But it really, um, it kind of, for me, um, you know, and I, I, maybe Joe would say something else and, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody else would say something else, but I think for me, he really just was a really good reminder of what's important. Um, and I know that's very, you know, that's very, how very, how very cancer survivor of me to say (laughs) that. Right. Um, and that's silly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was just one of those, like, Oh, I mean, I remember, um, and Joe and I kind of joke about it sometimes, like we, on our four hour trips to Cincinnati, I would be like, let's buy, how about when we're all done with this, we're going to buy a camper and we're going to go camping. And like, you know, just thinking of these things that like we wanted to do with our time, you know, like here we are sitting in the car for four hours, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what else could we be doing in our four hours of time? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it was just kind of one of those things, like, we need to slow down. We need to slow down. We need to like recognize what we're doing, being really present, staying in the moment. Um, we have these two wonderful, full of life children who are completely opposite um, and really just be able to see them, you know, like be able to see who they are, you know, what, what they're going to help us learn. You know, that's like the biggest thing about, you know, being a parent is like, what can our children teach us. Um, and I talk about that a lot in that caring bridge, um, Mm -hmm. in my journals of, of like being in those moments where, um, Jacob in particular, just like, 
I could just kind of see it through him, like so many lessons of like, just being able to like do it. Right. You just put one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. and it's really hard and it really sucks sometimes, but like you just do it and you kind of go through and find the bright spots. You can find Mm -hmm. the light. Um, even when things are, are pretty terrible. Um, but, um, and hope, I mean, I think just, I think hope is always like, just like that just sits, you know, on my heart so much. Um, um, but lots of lessons for sure. And ones I wasn't even looking for, you know, I mean, I think there are times where I had to like kind of focus on it, like, okay, what is the universe trying to tell me right now? And like, what do I need to do? And, and really it, I think it was really just like the, the slowing down. And one of the first things we did, um, you know, a year after, um, is, um, we sold our home and bought a new home. And rather than doing a commute of over an hour for my husband, it was like a 30 minute commute, you know, like we just oh, like great. just making these decisions of like, what, where are we spending the, the majority of our yeah. time and with who, and, you know, kind of what's going on. And we just kind of made some bigger changes mm-hmm. like that, which were really important yeah. to us. That's quality so. of life. Definitely. And it makes yeah. you um, readjust your priorities for sure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really great realization to have into, um, to put into effect as well, not just think about it, but to actually do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So with all that being said, um, that was kind of a little bit of advice that you had said with your silver lining, but do you have any advice for listeners out there about anything? It can be cancer related, non-cancer related, mm-hmm. um, whatever you think. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this cause mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of gave me a heads up about yeah. this, which was really helpful in <laughs> um, really, in really thinking about this. And I think, um, my biggest advice in, and this really, I mean, this could be cancer specific and it could, it could really be life specific is, um, to really be able to kind of sit with all of it. Like, being able to, I think, you know, one of the things that, um, I've really like therapy has very much helped me with, like Mm -hmm. you can have, you can, it can, there can be darkness and there can be light. It can be bad and it can be good. Like all like cancer sucks. And also like, Oh my gosh, look at all these really wonderful things that came out of it. And all these things that like kind of our eyes were open to, um, in these wonderful people that stepped up and, um, and the people that I've met on the way, you know, those who've survived cancer and their family. And, and, um, I think that's like, so, um, that's like the really beautiful, beautiful part of all of this is there's such an amazing cancer community, um, that's out here and are, you know, people are willing to share their stories and help you and, you know, kind of be available, um, to you. And that doesn't work for everybody and that's okay too. So being able to just kind of sit in all of it, sit, you know, just recognize it, own it, like, okay, this moment, I'm having a lot of feelings. Something's really coming up for me. This is really, really hard. And I also know this will go away. Like this feeling will go away. It's not going to be like this forever. Like things, you know, just kind of ebb and flow and that's life. It's, Mm -hmm. it's all, you know, can be smooth sailing and wonderful and then really hard and really terrible. And then kind of like waves, you know, come and it, 
flushes all out again. So I think that's just, you know, if I had had those words when I had started treatment, like just someone, you know, and even if they had said it, I don't know if I would have heard it um, or felt it, but like, you know, uh, if I could go back to my 2018 self, you know, just saying like, just, just sit in it. It's going to be okay. You're going to have pain, but you're also going to have all these wonderful moments too. You're going to have laughs. You know, I just think of some moments that, you know, when people were staying with us and we could laugh about some things and enjoy each other. And, um, and, um, yeah, and, you know, just kind of be together. So, um, that is, that is what I would offer. I love it. That's great. You know, it's, it's kind of the, the take that you just had where you said, if I could tell my 2018 self, I would mm-hmm. say this. I was like, oh, that's a really cool way to look at it too. Not just yeah. advice for listeners. Like, what would you tell mm-hmm. yourself at the very beginning? And yeah. um, I, I think that's, that's really great advice. And it's, it, it goes along with, with, with everything in life, but especially going through cancer and, and surviving cancer. So that's yeah. really great advice. Well, Stacey, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. It's, it was, you had some, some obstacles to get over and it, thank you for sharing your story and, and telling me and telling the listeners all about it. And I, I know I learned a lot from you today and I hope that listeners oh, definitely awesome. learned, but like learning about the stem cell and how, how that mm-hmm. all worked, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really interesting. And, um, do you have, uh, I don't know if you prefer for people to reach out for you to you or do you have any resources that you would recommend for people to utilize if um uh, like for ovarian cancer or cervical cancer or like maybe let's go gynecological cancers um if you have any resources that you recommend well i um you know the every state has i'm pretty sure every state i I know michigan does has like their ovarian cancer alliance or some sort of organization um for um ovarian cancer Mm -hmm. um and then i um you know i i love i I love social media right now because Mm -hmm. i feel like you can find people and um and organizations and resources. I mean, I think if your eyes are open, you can certainly look for these things, which I think is so, so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I didn't, I mean, even in in 2018, I didn't know, I I wasn't going to social media to Google or to search, you know, like small cell carcinoma of the ovary, you know, I just wasn't doing that. Um, I mean, we used Google, but I, I, you know, I think, um, that's the piece of social media that I love is these people coming together. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I will give a shout out to, um, Jessica Walker at, um, better company. I, she recently put out a book that I'm a part of, mm-hmm. um, called better together. Okay. And it is a, um, it's a list. It is, it's cancer survivors and caregivers and herself and her husband have just words of wisdom and advice and lists and all these things for everything cancer from like, you know, diagnosis to treatment, you know, chemo, radiation, you know, all the different types. And it has um, quotes from people, um, including myself, and then 
all just things to like keep in mind and know and um it's like a how-to I mean it's really like a how-to book and it's so beautiful um and the people in there are incredible and have incredible stories. And I'm sure some of the people might be recognizable to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may have interviewed some of them, but it's just, it's a really neat, um, it's a really neat book and her company in general is just a really cool company. That's so cool. The cancer mm-hmm. community is so awesome. Like yes, that I, talk I know to, it's just, I'm, I'm constantly blown away and like mm-hmm. what people do with with their lives or projects mm-hmm. after cancer, during cancer, what, what have you, but that's, that I'm going to check out better together. And I, I definitely mm-hmm. recommend listeners to check it out as well. Can mm-hmm. you get like Amazon, I'm assuming, or With, yes, Amazon. Amazon. I Amazon. I... Okay. That's okay. I'll, yeah. I'll put the link in the episode notes. If you want to check it out. Okay. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know. I didn't know that was, um, was, yeah, it just came, it just came out. Like not that long ago. Okay. It's only been, um, it's, you know, just a few months ago, okay. did it, okay. it come out. So it's really that. new. Um, and her company has been around, um, okay. but she did this book and she also has some other resources and stuff. So, um, there's that. And, um, you know, I think for me, um, I had a friend who was a cancer survivor, and was young at diagnosis and kind of the same situation, like not the typical age of like her type. And so she also was, you know, I think finding, finding those people whose stories you share with, whether it's, um, you know, she was a mom of two young boys, you know, just like recognizing those other pieces that you connect with. And then, you know, cancer can be just the, the third thing, you know, the, the, um, the, the other that, you know, brings you together. But I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that just have lots of great advice and lots of wonderful ways that they got through it. That doesn't work for everybody, but it, you know, it might work for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you touched on it, how social media is really cool in that sense. And Mm -hmm. I definitely, I don't know if it's because I, I had been diagnosed with cancer, but I definitely Mm -hmm. found it really cool to be able to do a search. And I found so many other people that had a thyroid cancer and started following them and then asking them advice. And you're like, what did you see after this Mm -hmm. amount of time X, Y, or Z? Mm -hmm. And it's really nice to have, um, the knowledge of somebody who's been there and, you know, like, it's just a a little bit more of like a security blanket just to have the community to help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's those, it's those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, did you have this experience? Like, I mean, just being able to find people Mm -hmm. um, that you can, you know, like, tell me how you, tell me how you recovered from this. Tell me how you, you know, like um, what, what extra treatments did you do? You know, I, I don't know that I would have thought of things like um, acupuncture and, you know, just some other things that I ended up doing um, because someone was like, this is, this worked for me. And I think that is how we help each other, you know, and I think telling our stories is how we help each other. If you're comfortable and you're willing to be vulnerable and share kind of this really um, hard time in your life and kind of all the pieces of it, I think it can be such a gift for some people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that I appreciate you being vulnerable in, in sharing the intimate details of, of your process and your experience. And I, I know that 
people who are listening out there, it's, it's going to touch them and, and help them in, in more than one way. So I really do appreciate you sharing your story and about you and in, in your family and caretakers as well. So I yeah. just, it was, it was so wonderful to spend the last, I think, about an hour, about an hour together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saying yes. I'm so glad I reached out and I'm that so we could do this. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, like I was saying, I've, I've met so many incredible people through this platform and getting to hear everybody's stories because they're all so different and everyone's outlook and experience has been mm-hmm. different and, and advice. So it's just, yeah, I, I learned so much every time I speak with somebody and I, I learned tons from you today. So thank you for that. Thank you. It's been wonderful. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and um, I'll be in touch. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye. Thank you again, Stacey, for sharing your cancer story with us on the podcast today. Like always, I learned so much from you and thank you for all the resources that you um, contributed to us. So everyone, uh, I put all of the links that uh, Stacey had talked about in the episode notes. So feel free to click through on there and uh, check out the book that she contributed to on Amazon. So everybody have a great rest of your day. I did want to tell you that I'm now on Clubhouse. You can find me at Jess M. Nelson. I hope to be doing some projects on there very, very soon, especially with some of the the people that I had, the interviewees that I had on the podcast. So be on the lookout for that. You guys can find me anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And then also you can check out my website. I just updated it. It's www.mycancerstorypodcast. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and have a wonderful rest of your week.